You're listening to DraftKings Network. God bless football, Billy Gill. God bless football, Mikey A. God bless football, Stugats. Uh, Mikey A., you were showing us a, uh, a a near hit on a 15-team uh, parlay. What happened last night? <laughs> like, Needed I, one Billy, more sack. Billy, I always get annoyed at the guy who tells me, hey, I was really close to hitting my 17 parlay. <laughs> You're not going to hit those. I mean, <laughs> I mean, but almost. Almost, yeah, did almost. almost did it. Almost doesn't count. More annoying, that guy or the guy that tells you about all the bad beats in, in, in poker or the guy that tells you about his golf shot? Ooh, uh, I would say bad beats in poker is really annoying, you know? It is really annoying because you got to go through all the cards, yeah. what you were thinking. Yep. What'd you guys make of the game last night? The Titans beat the uh, Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers. They have a 5% chance now of making it to the playoffs. The Titans, we forget a year ago, <laughs> they were the one seed uh, in the AFC uh, headed into the playoffs. Uh, Derrick Henry throwing a touchdown pass, his third touchdown pass of his career, which would put him fifth all time on the Jets, Mike. I mean, <laughs> he was two for two. <laughs> <In passing. laughs> Crazy. Billy, are we seeing the end of Aaron Rodgers? What do you think? I feel like maybe this is the end of, well, I hope that this is the end of Aaron Rodgers complaining about things, right? Even though it, it's not going to be the end of Aaron Rodgers complaining about things. You'd think, like, he just realized, like, this is it. Like, this is how it's going to end. Let me just, like, kind of enjoy the last couple years of my career and just go off gracefully. But that's probably not what we're going to see, right? No. Uh, no, we're not going to see. I don't think I don't think he finishes his career in, uh, in Green Bay. I think he's really? going to stop. Yeah. I think he's going to go to Las Vegas, either Las Vegas or San Francisco. I do. I think he's going to force his way out of there. Hmm. I, I think this is the end of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and probably the end of Aaron Rodgers as the game changer. Uh, Mike, he has 16 consecutive games with less than 300 yards passing. Think about that. That doesn't even seem right to me. 16 consecutive games with under 300 yards passing. Is that even possible? It is. It happened. I don't know, Billy. It feels like something. Thank you for your support on that, both of you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Mikey gave me one of these. Hold on. Here's what Mikey gave me. He just threw his hands up in the air and shrugged his shoulders. So, and well, Billy we, said it happened. And I, well, listen, we, it's from a credible source. It's from Pro We're here for you. <laughs> right. Thank you. I appreciate that. When we had Aaron Rodgers on, he talked about how he felt like he owed it to like the city to finish there and he wanted to do things the right way. You're saying one season, that's done. He's going to say, I'm out of here. Uh, Billy, you and I talked uh, last year about the tank, about the tank job. Like it's, it, it was odd to me that he just let Devontae Adams walk out of there and leave and didn't, you know, didn't make a fuss about it, wasn't upset about it. They don't take a wide receiver in the first round of a wide receiver deep draft. They got Christian Watson. He's turned out uh, to be a pretty good player. But, yeah, it's it's suspicious. As, and now he's playing it like like he's playing it very cool this year. Like nothing bothers him. Like he doesn't care. Like he and the GM are getting along great. Mm. No, he's playing it cool. You haven't he noticed that? the Bill? whole team and his coach like two weeks ago. Yeah, but he did that on McAfee show. I'm talking like post-game press conferences. He's... He's fine. Okay. I don't think he cares. It doesn't seem to bother him too much. And the reason I don't think it bothers him too much is because he knows he's getting the hell out of there. 
I mean, that's that's the reason. That's what I mm-hmm. think. That's my theory. I think when he sent Devontae Adams to the Las Vegas Raiders, he was sending him where he wants to go, Las Vegas. I think Derek Carr is the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers next year, and Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders next year. How about that? All right. Shrug your shoulders. Uh, Billy, do we have a uh, DraftKings fantasy game this week? We do. Go to dkng.co slash levitard. Compete against us. Uh, neither of us won anything last week. Neither of us ever won anything. So that's I had Russell Wilson. <laughs> you had Russell Wilson? I drafted him, yeah. Why? I don't know. Okay. Well, there you go. Look who you're competing <laughs> against, us and Russell Wilson. So dkng.co slash levitard. It's easy money for you guys because we're terrible at this. <laughs> Where are you going first this week? Drafted no, Russell Wilson. <laughs> I did. I drafted that's, Russell I mean, Wilson. That's unbelievable. <laughs> terrible. Who was the? I can't even remember the matchup from last week. I felt like it was a good matchup, but there are no more good matchups for Russell Wilson. Yeah. Uh, Billy, where are we going first this week? We got a lot of options. Where are you going? We do. We're going to start this week with Mike Golick, and then we will be joined shortly thereafter by Raheem Mostert, who we uh, immediately asked to do things for us outside of God Bless Football, which should surprise absolutely no one. Yeah, right fun on. guy, though. Really fun guy. You found him yeah. to be fun, right, Billy? I did. I like him. All right. Let's get to uh, let's get to Mike Golick and then joined by Raheem Mostert shortly thereafter. Mike, I want to ask you about the college football playoff, the rankings that came out. But before we get to that, uh, Raheem Mostert is going to join us. He's a running back for the Dolphins. The Dolphins. Might have the most exciting offense in the NFL. Where are you, Mike? Because there's a lot of talk about Tua, a lot of talk about this team. Is this team good enough to win a Super Bowl? Where are you as it relates to the Miami Dolphins? They seem to be a team that we don't want to buy into, that we see good things from, but we don't want to believe it, uh, a.k.a. the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, We're still trying right. to, to give them credit. You know, are the Giants for real? You know, at, at seven, uh, what are they, seven and two. Mm. So... Teams that aren't normally up near the top were hesitant to give them the benefit of the doubt when they've earned it, quite honestly. We're 10 games in, 9, 10 games in. This is what you are. You can't really change your team. We're past the trade deadline, so this is what you have. So to say that they don't have the ability to go far, I, I, in my opinion, would be wrong because they've shown they can at this point. Do you believe that right now, all four teams in the AFC East are basically qualified for the playoffs. The last place team is the Patriots. They're five and four. They're tied with the Bengals and the Chargers yeah. for the last wild card spot. It is Crazy. amazing. And the beautiful thing about the AFC East, Mike, is all four of those teams, they play each other the final month of the season. Yep. Like yeah, it's yeah. going to be fantastic. Mike, what were your thoughts here on the college football playoff committee released their recent rankings here? I found it strange, at least for me, that Alabama with two losses was ahead of North Carolina with one loss. Uh, did anything jump out to you? Well, I mean, that's that's a, you start talking about North Carolina, which is going to play Clemson in the ACC title game. This is what the 13-person committee thinks of North Carolina. Their one loss is to a surging Notre Dame team. That's it. <laughs> and they put them 13th. 13th. So the number of teams they have to jump over, they have to beat Clemson, which Notre Dame beat Clemson, so Clemson has fallen to ninth, uh, but moved up after a win last week. So the ACC is not in a great position. Both Clemson and North Carolina have some teams they have to jump, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do it unless the Pac-12 keeps Pac-12-ing themselves like they right. did last week. And, um, you know, I'm hoping in a couple of weeks you, Notre Dame can bust USC season. But USC, 
is hanging right there. Here's the fly in the ointment. We've never had a two lost team make it. And I heard, I think David Pollock was the only one that was like, he's outraged it, by it. Yeah. Was, was the fact that if LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, that Tennessee would go to the Final Four before LSU. And I disagree with that. Listen, I know, I know Tennessee beat LSU. I get it. But LSU would have beaten Alabama and number one Georgia in the SEC championship game. I have a hard time believing you couldn't put LSU in the playoffs with two losses. And again, it would be the first team with two losses. Now, Tennessee fans would go nuts uh, because, you know, they beat LSU. But it's kind of a kind of a three ring circus going on there of teams beating each other. Mike, I was outraged by the rankings also, but not for the same reason everyone else was. I'm sure and, you weren't, And though. follow me down this path. Okay. It's a long path, Mike. No, no, this Man. is a short one. This is a short Do one. I need to tie a rope around my waist so I don't get lost going no, down this no, path? No, no, we'll be fine. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. hope, like, you know, have you ever seen, like, on the trips when you have, like, a big tour that someone has, like, a yeah, flag? Yeah, at the yeah, yeah. I'm having yeah. one of those. I'm, <laughs> okay. I'm leading you here. If we're going to have a big special, big TV special, right, where we're unranking the top, essentially the top six, because that's really yeah. all that matters, right? right? I need more change. It doesn't matter what these numbers are right nope, now. You're right. At the end of the year is when. Let's change things up. Why do we have to <laughs> have Michigan games at that? six? Yeah, yeah, let's just move right. things around so we're building up to something. So it's not exactly the same as last week. You know, surprise us with something, and then next week you just correct it, and then you make up some bogus reason for why it is that you changed it right back. Mike, what he's saying is fair because Michigan plays Ohio State, so who cares well, if you put Ohio State yeah. at six, right? Well, yeah. I mean, you think about it. The top four teams all control their own destiny, right? If Georgia oh. wins out, they're yeah. in. Even if Georgia loses, they're See, probably they in. Mm-hmm. Ohio State, yeah. Michigan. The winner of that goes on to the Big Ten title game. And TCU, all they have to do is keep winning and they're in. So well, I get what you're saying, but, I mean, it would be really difficult to take an undefeated team and put them behind a one- or two-loss team just yeah. you know, just to make you happy. Seems I mean, like they're I mean, trying to do everything to get Alabama in this thing. I mm-hmm. mean, that's what it seems Alabama's not getting in this thing. Oh. Alabama's oh, not They're getting ranked in. ahead of North Carolina. You and I just discussed oh. right. it. I know, and, I, and North Carolina's not getting in. Neither is Clemson. <laughs> the ACC is out. We'll see, the, the, the way, unless there's some havoc, and I know we all love that. In my opinion, the ACC is out. It Mike. is SEC. It is Big Ten, and you might get multiple teams from from those. And then, and then let let's see if the Big Twelve and TCU screws it up, or if they can hang in there. The other one that's kind of it's interesting to me: if USC finishes the season with one loss, wins the Pac-12, wins their conference, Mike. How is the committee going to justify putting Tennessee in? over USC because they beat Alabama at home by two points with a quarterback who was coming off an injury? Like, get out of here. They were dominated by Georgia. Like, how does the committee determine who's better, USC or Tennessee? Well, I I think they'll say their only loss was to the top team in the country in Georgia. They were dominated by them. I agree. I'm with you. But that's what they're going to look at. They say they have one loss, and it's to who we deem the best team in the country. So that, in their eyes, is a great loss to have so i think that's what would keep them ahead of usc is that the right way to be doing it though i mean i, I mean at I, the end that's of the why day, they expanded the playoff usc gets yes. in now everyone will yeah. get in all these teams we're discussing will be in future playoffs but to me that's lazy mike like you put this committee together to think differently to do it differently and yet we're going to sit here and say eh, tennessee their one loss was against so-and-so usc's one loss was against so-and-so i will tell you this as good as Hooker's been, Caleb Williams is better. I'm telling you right now. Caleb Williams is a better quarterback than Hooker at Tennessee. 
Um, boy, that's a that's a statement right there. Listen, even playing well, don't get me I'm over three thousand yards already. It's pretty impressive. And yeah, thirty-one touchdowns and, and two interceptions is really it is amazing what they've done there in just the one year. But it's at some point what you do, guys, is is you have to go by the eye test, right? Oh, I so, love it. I mean, you, you, at some point, if teams don't play one another, so let's go down your scenario of Tennessee. They, they obviously are not playing in the SEC championship game. Uh, USC can play in their championship game. Does that give them a leg up then on Tennessee if they were to win the Pac-12 championship with only the one loss? And oh, by the way, their one loss is, is what to Utah, correct? Who was is yeah. sitting in the who's sitting in the top ten? Uh, of of the committee, so it, it, that's a hell of a loss as well. So, but then at some point, if you both have one loss, what separates? What do you do? I'll ask you guys. What What are you doing if you're on that committee? What makes you say USC over Tennessee or Tennessee over USC? At some point, you have to have an eye test for yourself that says. I think this team is just better than that team because we don't have a head-to-head. I just put in Alabama. Uh, that's a, that's, 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 I find a way to get Alabama. Yeah. I mean, but to speak out against the committee for a second, like the committee was wrong. They thought that Tennessee was the best team in the country, and they were not. Georgia's clearly better than Tennessee was, so they were wrong about that. And then you look at USC's loss to Utah. They lost by one point at the time, and now Utah's yeah. in the top ten. So it's just... Who are you losing to where the committee thought you actually were at the time, not how yes. good the teams actually are? So yes. the committee can never yeah, be I, wrong. Listen, They're always right. I, 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 And I agreed with Tennessee being number one. At that time, they should have been number one. But you knew they were going to play Georgia, so you knew something was going to change there. I mean, the committee's always in a great spot in situations like that because – they can look ahead in the schedule just like we can and say, well, shit, let's just put them number one now because, you know, they're going to play in whenever, in one week, in two weeks, or at the end of the year, so that's going to decide it for us. Billy, maybe the committee was just doing what you said and just moving things around from week to week. Mm-hmm. Ah, maybe they, maybe they were just like, yeah, put Tennessee at one. It ain't going to stay there. Why not? Give you something to move. Wow. Wow. All right, we have uh, Raheem Mostert here, running back from the Miami Dolphins, who's joining us. Very nice of him to join us during the bye week on vacation. Raheem, thanks for doing this. How much fun are you guys having out there on the field, Raheem? How much fun are the Dolphins having right now? Hey, good morning, man. Uh, first off, I want to say thank you guys for having me on the show. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful time to be a Dolphin. But, man, it's it's unbelievable um, being out there on the field and with this team, man. We're doing unbelievable things. Tua's playing, you know, a heck of a ball uh, right now. And he's honestly, in my eyes and a lot of people's eyes, he's a MVP candidate for sure. So mm-hmm. uh, we just got to finish out the year and see where that leads us. But, you know, it, it takes everybody and it takes the whole team to get things accomplished. And, and the direction that we're headed, man, is definitely, you know, there's no, there's no limit. So along the lines of the bye week, I always found this interesting. Well, we were playing, if it was before a bye and we won, we went in the locker room and just – badgered the coach to give us more time off. A couple of weeks ago, I did the Eagles before their bye, and Miles Sanders said the coach gave them a lot of time off. How did it work for you guys? Did you guys have to go in there and, and kind of go for more time off, or did you already get a decent amount of time? 
Honestly, I think that it, it was already given that we were going to have a lot of time off, you know, given the, the way that we've been playing ball as of lately. You know, Mikey is definitely uh, one to, to allow players to speak their minds for sure. And he lets us talk about, you know, things that in regards to, you know, uh, what benefits the players the most. And um, that was one thing that, you know, wasn't necessarily a question for him was, hey, look, you know, I know you guys have been working your butts off. You know, you deserve it. So go ahead and have. You know, Victory Monday, we have Victory Monday, and then uh, now we're on our bye week, you know. Uh, he gave us a couple extra days for sure. So, you know, it's all up to the coach, and he's done a great job with everything. Well, the year has been great so far uh, for you guys. But let me let me talk about you for a moment and, and perseverance. Undrafted out of, out of Purdue, and before you started, I believe it was your, what, five or five or six years with San Francisco in 16, you went through two, four, six teams being cut, going to practice squad, trying to come off being cut, going to another team. And, and obviously it, you were so successful in what you did out of that. But during that time, was there a moment or a couple of moments where you thought it's not going to happen and I, I'm, I'm going to have to move on from this just because of the number of teams you went through? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I I definitely uh, remember a moment where um, I had a. So I'm gonna make a long story short, but uh, you know it was with I was with the Browns and um, I had just signed or I had just got you know at, put on that 53 man roster, made the cuts, and then the next day my wife she had a bridal shower uh, with her and her family. She's from Cleveland, and you know she wanted to do something. Uh, in regards to, you know, getting married. And, and um, I proposed to her when I was playing for Baltimore. And so um, that year, it was, my, it was my second year leading up into the final cuts. And so the next day, I got the call, and uh, they told me, hey, uh, Raheem, bring your iPad, and uh, we're going to release you. And first thing that I thought was, oh, man, how am I going to tell my wife, you know, my, my fiancé at the time, uh, that I just got <laughs> – I literally just got cut on the day – um, you know, she's getting, she's getting her bridal shower done. Oh, um, and so I had to call my, I had to, yeah, I had to call my father-in-law and, you know, tell him not to tell the ladies because he was the one that was facilitating everything. And, you know, I was by myself at the time in our, uh, in our apartment. And, uh, I remember, man, you know, just telling him, Hey, look, don't tell the ladies. And then he was like, I won't, you know, this, this is their day. We're going to, we're going to cherish their day. But, you know, when we get done, we're going to have a talk and we're going to talk about this football and stuff like that. And so, they came home that night, you know, I, I broke down in tears because I was honestly, you know, frustrated that I, I did everything that I could to make the team. And then, unfortunately, you know, I thought I made the team, but I didn't because I got cut the next day. Um, and me and my wife had a very pivotal moment for for my, you know, my career. And I asked her, I said, hey, uh, what do you think about this football stuff and the way it's been playing out? And she said, hey, look, you know, let me, let me ask you this question. And I remember the, the question that she asked me was, how much do you love this game? And I looked at her and I, you know, that, that was the first thing on her mind because she's a former athlete. She played soccer, you know, so many years and then it was cut short in college. Um, that's how we met. So I was like, yeah, I mean, I've been playing it since I was, you know, seven. And she was like, well, what's stopping you from getting to your ultimate goal? And I was like, well, I'm just sick and tired of these cuts. And she was like, well, that's just growing pain. From that point on, I was like, all right, well, I mean, if my fiance, you know, after the fact that now I got cut on, on her bridal shower day, you know. <laughs> if it means more for me to keep continue my dreams and continue this you know, this pursuit into into excellence and greatness then 
I got to do what I got to do. And, you know, I got I got cut and brought back a couple more times, and the rest is history. <laughs> I appreciate your honesty with your fiancé at the time. I feel like I would have figured out a way to, like, like I probably would have faked still being on the team for, Stalling like, another— Stalling the team and starting for yeah, me. Like yeah, a, like yeah. a week or two yes. and not, yes. like, be honest. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, you know the best—the the best thing of the, all that was when she asked you how much you love football, at least you didn't say more than anything in the world because yeah. that would have made— her look at you wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have that been a little slap in the face for her, for sure. <laughs> I mean, especially on her day, especially after, you know, getting done with her day, man, definitely would have been a slap in the face. But I had to had to put it politely. You know, I've been playing this game for, for seven years. That just tells you how much I love the game. Raheem, where'd your love of surfing come from? You're on a surfing vacation, aren't you? Yeah, yeah I am right now. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I'm in the Bahamas right now. There, there ain't no waves out here. The water's like glass right now is is very very low so um but no i grew up in new smyrna beach florida um is shark bite capital of the world only because uh there's a lot of surfers that you know go into the inlets where there's a lot of food for the sharks and they they mistake the surfers as food so you know i just i I grew a passion hanging out with some buddies of mine and uh growing up and stuff like that being on the beach out all, all day every day and you know translating that into football it was definitely a different sign of relief for me you know just because football is an aggressive sport and you know surfing is more of a, a tranquil sport if you ask me but it, it's all about really the same right the sharks did you ever have a shark yeah, encounter though exactly did you ever encounter a shark oh, oh yeah definitely what well hold on a second yeah oh, i did um really? I, I remember a uh there was this one morning me and my buddies were surfing and uh you know, we were just waiting on a wave, and next thing you know, literally like three feet from our board, uh, a shark fin just like popped up and popped back down. And uh, huh. I remember, you know, just looking at that fin and just looking at my boys, and they're like, Raheem, whatever you do, don't panic. Do not well, panic. And I was like, why? And they were like, well, the shark's going to think you're food. Right. And so I just like slowly put my feet on the board and just sat like, you know, like a, like a kid pose, <laughs> like just like just sitting there on the board waiting waiting until the coast is clear, and I just hop my tail out of the water. How do you not panic? I, yeah, I mean, easy how is that even say. I mean, possible to not panic? Oh well, my god! Well, you got to remember though, like I'm I'm with a bunch of like pro surfers, so like they know like uh, exactly how the sharks react or like how they they're gonna adjust in the water, and I'm like, all right, well. These guys have been doing it. They've encountered something like this, and I, I definitely have to do it. So I, I got to listen to these guys because I'm, I'm in their spot. Raheem, wow. not that there's ever a good time to be attacked by a shark, but it seems like this would not be a good time for you to get attacked by a shark. You guys just took over first place. Like, can we wait till after the season maybe to encounter the sharks? Or? Oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not surfing right now, man. I'm, I'm gonna be in these little cabanas and, and just relaxing, man. That's uh. it. <laughs> That's nice. That's the way to go. Because that's the way I always looked at it. You, where you grew up and where I grew up. I grew up in Cleveland. There's not, you know, many sharks there. Hmm. Uh, so my thought has always been, <laughs> I'm going to go. worry about walleye. Yeah, exactly. And they're, they exactly taste pretty good right. when I catch them, you know. But but I don't worry about walleye biting me, you know. So I'm like, there, I mean. yeah, I mean, oh, my gosh. That is oh, that is amazing. Back to, yeah. back to football for a, for a sec. Before the last couple of games, you've been averaging 14, 15, 16 carries a game. And we see a lot of teams go to that, that two-back system a bit. And Jeff Wilson comes over from San Fran in the trade. So you are working that two-back system a little more. I know guys love being the guy. So how does it? How have you dealt with having kind of that two-back system going now? 
I think that the the two back system in this offense is definitely very key. I mean, look what you know has been happening in the past in this offense, and we've been able to be explosive and, and make plays when you know one guy steps on the field. There's never really a, a I'm the man type of feeling um, in the offense, especially with a guy like Jeff Wilson. Man, he he comes in and and you know he he understands uh, where I'm at. And I understand where he's at, and, and you know the football world and the football career. And, you know, the only thing I want is the best for him and vice versa. You know, he wants the best for me because uh, that's just the bond and the relationship that we have. We don't we don't necessarily look at it as, hey, look, I know you're going to get more playing time over me or I'm going to get playing more playing time over you. I mean, we know that if it's a game plan where, hey, we're playing, I don't know, you know, uh, Buffalo Bills, you know, and Raheem's running a better, you know, routes than – uh, what they what they predict, and you know he has to go out there and, and compete. I have to go out there and compete. Well, that means Jeff has to take over in the run game a little bit more, and vice versa. You know, it's all game plan, but relatively, you know, with us, it's just all about how we can be effective at, at our best. And uh, we're a great one-two punch, as you can tell. We've always worked, you know, well with each other. And um, you know, moving forward, there's like I said, there's no grimace or no hate or anything like that because it's all love. You know, I want him to succeed just as much as he wants me to. So, um, and, and it's and it's nice too because you know we both are undrafted guys, so we know what it takes. What has surprised you the most about Tua? Honestly, his resilience. Um, you know, I, I think that you know when it comes to a quarterback, you have to have a lot of character and a lot of class and, and resilience, and and he has all of those things. I mean, look at this guy. He he literally, you know, he had a concussion and then, um, you know, he could have easily just, you know, played a little bit softer in his game, but not when he came back, you know, he wanted to take hits. He wanted to be, you know, get his feet wet, get get back right so that way he can, you know, go about his day. And, and that's the type of leader that you want um, at the quarterback position. You know, he's he's not turning the ball over. He's doing exactly what he needs to do. And then it helps definitely when you got two playmakers and Jalen Waddle and Tyreek to and even Mike Gesicki to go out there and do the things they've been able to do um in the past game. So, you know, I am just happy that this quarterback, man, he's just not he's not afraid. He's not afraid to get his his hands dirty, get get down there and be in the trenches with us and, and to make plays, man, because like I said, that's what you want to see out of a quarterback. I mean, what what person wants to play with a soft quarterback? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I know I wouldn't, but um, that's just Tua, man. And he's very humble and kind, too. And he has that Hawaiian flow about him that, you know, and it's pretty cool to see, honestly, because he's bringing culture into the, 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 the mix. And, uh, you know, he's calling me Ooze. I'm calling him Ooze. You know, that means brother and stuff like that. So, uh, like I said, it, it – it goes far beyond football, especially off the field. The things that he's doing, you know, he's he's giving back to the community. He's he's hanging out with his teammates, man. You know, he's having he had the birth of his son, so I could relate with him because I had the birth of my third son. So, um, all those things, man, play into effect. And and now you see what's transpiring even before the the old coaching staff, you know, for the Dolphins, how they they were treating him and stuff like that. You hear the stories, but he's shaking that off and he's moving forward and he's trying to win. So. Um, that's all you can do is respect a player like him. You came from San Francisco, so you had some experience with Mike McDaniel as an assistant coach, but did you think that he would be this good of a head coach in the NFL? I knew that he would be good as a head coach, but you know, I I didn't think that he would be a head coach uh, this quickly, um, simply because he's only played the role of a run game coordinator uh, and an offensive coordinator for a year. Um, you know, I think that the head coach position – 
you, you need a, a guy that has a, a lot more on his resume. But then again, you know, he's a transcendent of, of what the product is, and, and he's doing a great job, man. He's just like me. Came from the bottom, you know, the same thing with how my career is taking off. Uh, his his as well as taking off. So you know we can always relate in that aspect. He always he always reminded me before games or even practice. Like hey man, look, I'm like Mikey, you, you're doing this thing right now. And he's like man, we're doing it. Like you know he he encourages me too. You know because he knows my struggles that I had and I know the struggles that he had as well. So um, it's just exciting to be a part of something like this and and it's something for like a guy like Mikey man to. To be able to be, you know, seven and three right now as a first year head coach, man, is I know there's a lot of other coaches that have done that before, but for a guy like him, man, I I feel like there's there's, there's nobody that's second to none compared to Mikey. Would you take him surfing with you? <laughs> you know what? Maybe in the off season, I'm a I'm a bribe him, talk to him about it. So hey, come on over to New Smyrna. We're only three hours, you know, south of where <laughs> I'm from. So let's let's go ride some waves, see what he says. Well, would you go? Would you go surfing with Tua? Yeah. Oh yeah, I would definitely go surfing with Tua. I, I know that he uh he probably surfed in Hawaii a couple times, and I love I've surfed Hawaii one time, so um I got I got to go back and do that again. Well, I, I mean, I don't want to invite you, but I feel like Tua should invite you to go surfing in Hawaii. Now, here's the difficult question: Let's say you're out surfing with Tua and Mike, and you find yourself in that similar Mikey. situation, yeah, with Mikey, and there, there's a shark, <laughs> and the shark's coming, and you can only save one. Who are we saving, oh, Mikey or Tua? Yeah. Oh man! So you're ah. saying you could save yourself. That's you're, obvious. Yeah, you're immune. You're good, right? Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm saved. So that's, that's okay. Who or Mikey? Yeah. Okay. All right. So who who am I saving, Tua mm-hmm. or Mikey? Who helps you win more? Yeah. Damn it! You put me in a good ass position right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, I would have to. Let's see. It depends. It depends on the situation. Now, if Mikey is Mikey. If Mikey, you know, done with his his career. No, this, I'm this, say off, this, right, this off season. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, just getting started. Oh, this off season. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, I can't. I'm gonna save Tua. Yeah, I gotta save Tua for now. Right. I think I think Mike McDaniel would Poor tell Mikey. you to go save Tua. I think he would tell you to do that. I don't know. Yeah, he'll yeah. tell me to go. He'll, that's exactly what I'm banking on too. Is him <laughs> telling me to go save Tua. I'm gonna I'm look after his wife and his baby girl because they're uh, they're, they're family to me. So yeah. I know that, that, they're, that they're, is... they'll be good. They'll be in good hands for sure. Right, you and it together. You will take care of his family for life, right? Mm. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll make that sacrifice for sure. <laughs> One last thing before we get out of here. Uh, a quick game. Billy put you in a bad spot. I'm going to put you in a worse spot. Tua, Tariq, or Waddle. Uh-oh. Okay, it's a quick game. Who's the funniest? Mm. Oh, that's that's definitely uh, Waddle. J Dub. Uh-huh. J Dub is a, he's one of the funniest guys in the locker room, hands okay. down. All right. Did you go surfing with him or? Oh yeah, no, I'm gonna go sir. I'm gonna take him out surfing too. <laughs> and you say you save him. Right. Now it's just now now it's Waddle and Hill. You can only save one. Wow. Yeah, that's a tough one. I shouldn't do that to you. Yeah. Waddle. I'm saving oh, Waddle. Wow. That guy you were quick on that one. I gotta save I gotta save Waddle. I gotta save Waddle. Okay. He he cracks me up. Yeah, you need to laugh. Okay, I got it. Uh best singer, Tua, Tariq, or Waddle? Tua. Wow. Does Tua just belt out notes in the locker room? Is that what he's doing? You know what? He actually does. And really? the crazy thing is he puts out songs that, like, nobody knows of. And he does a great job just singing it, like, acapella. Like, he he does his own little thing. It's crazy. Hmm. Huh. What does he sing? <laughs> I'm intrigued. I love Tua, man. Uh, I really I'm, I, There's a lot of, like, literally, like, he'll, he'll pull up, like, I'm talking about, like, 19, like, 60s music. And you'll be like, <laughs> what are you singing? And he's just, 
it was just singing. You're like, wow, this guy is like unbelievable. He's an old soul. I would love to take two or two a, a karaoke like you know bar. Or Let, let's like do that. that. We could do that. Yeah, you yeah, want us to that. set that yeah. up? Uh, I think we're all going hey, me on and my wife vacation are, with me two. Me and my wife are pretty legit. Yeah, yeah. Really? Me and my wife really? are pretty legit at the karaoke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We oh. take it very serious. We're guys. starting a show called God Bless Karaoke. Yeah, Raheem, we have yeah. a lot of listen. We have a lot of discussions you and I need to have. Okay, business discussions. Okay, and fun right. discussions. when you get back. When, when you, you get, get back. back. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Go enjoy your vacation. Congratulations on your success on the team success. Uh, and enjoy a week off here and uh, have some fun with the family. Stay safe, man. Avoid the sharks. Yeah. Okay? yeah. Thank you. All right. Yeah, oh, definitely. I, thank you guys for having me. It's a great pleasure, man. You guys yeah. are awesome. Chris Felica joining us here on God Bless Football. Uh, Billy was shocked because you're in Green Bay, Wisconsin for the Thursday night game, Packers and Titans. Billy had no idea that you were doing that along with Kirk Herbstreit. He knew Kirk was doing it. Mm-hmm. He didn't know that you were also joining Kirk Herbstreit on uh, on all these Thursday night games. And so uh, Billy had a very good question and a question I think we need to start with. Does Kirk go anywhere without the bear? Usually, no. Any place he goes without me, it's because I'm not allowed. Like the coaches' <laughs> meetings or like the speeches that he makes where he gets like $80,000 a pop or whatever. I'm making that number up completely. That'll blow up. But if it's work related, it's higher. You, you can, you can, you can, it's high. It probably is. <laughs> if it's work related, if it's a game or a telecast, you can rest assured that I'm in his ear somewhere wow. along the way. And I love Wait, every so you, second of it. So you go Saturday nights with him also then for the yeah. college games? Yep, wow. exactly. Yeah, yeah, I've done that for uh, the, the the ABC primetime game. I've done that probably since 2010 or 11 or so, mm-hmm. I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can remember being the, the Alabama LSU title game. But yeah, that, that's the thing. Like We're in Green Bay. So after the, the uh, Titans and the Packers tonight, we'll fly to Montana for the Montana-Montana State game day. Then after the game day show was over on Saturday, Saturday night primetime game is Tennessee at South Carolina. So we'll fly from Mont from from Bozeman back to Columbia to call that game later in the day. So and then next week will be good too because we'll have game day in Columbus for Ohio State, Michigan, and then we'll fly out to LA for a USC Notre Dame. I don't know what you make, but you need a raise because everybody talks Thank about you. how Herbie <laughs> is the hardest working guy in sports. Yeah. He, and it sounds like you're the hardest working guy in sports and you're really the wizard of oz here you know what i mean and he's just the shiny face that we have on the top of the car exactly you know? right this is a I'm very not, not so subtle way that billy is saying he needs a raise for doing <laughs> the exact same thing for far less talent. That's, but not, that's not good but, but, Thank you, no that's good where the <laughs> offensive line where the where the broad shoulders mm-hmm. uh, and Ball glasses, ugly Long Island kid like me. Mm-hmm. I get no love, but they just put put the golden boy, the quarterback from the Big Ten team, up there on the screen, and he gets all the love and appreciation. I say that in jest. He 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 he's awesome, and and I do what I do because I I, I love it, and and I love him. He's great to me, so uh, I certainly can't can't complain. But we uh we do have a a good time busting each other's chops throughout the year. Uh, is Kirk enjoying this? Are you guys enjoying this together yes. Thursday yeah, night? I, I think we've actually enjoyed the NFL more than we thought we would. Not that we weren't going to enjoy it, 
But the game, the crispness of the game, how fast the games go by compared to some of the college games. We love college football, believe me. I mean, we're never not going to love college football. But it really is just a different level of execution and in and, and all sorts of things. So we've we've definitely I know I can't speak for him, but I think I can read his mind. Uh, mm-hmm. Definitely enjoyed it much more than we anticipated enjoying it. Is Al Michaels taking good care of you guys or what? Al is awesome. Dinners, yeah, he's the best. Al, Al, Al is awesome. Nothing green can ever touch his plate. That, that's rule mm-hmm. number one. <laughs> like we, we went, we went to, uh, we went to Burns in Tampa a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and uh, we, they they brought out uh, an asparagus wrapped something for an appetizer, and instead of giving Al that, they gave him like double mashed potatoes or something like oh. that or, or, or double starch double meat double something no double mac and cheese whatever yeah no 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 veggies allowed for us is he paying every time does kirk try to pay how does that work no kirk, kirk no you usually usually kirk is the is quick to the wallet which is really we, 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 yeah i mean yeah I, I think they i think they kind of split it every now and then i'm usually in the bathroom because i'm I'm like the low man on the totem pole so nice. i don't want i don't ever want to risk like credit card roulette and, and lose it out on a uh a deal like that because you so i usually uh, when, when the bill comes i'm, I'm out no that's actually a joke too but no the, those guys are awesome you should sit right there. There should be no shame in you not paying. You don't, <laughs> listen, you're the one making Kirk look good, and Kirk should pay for your dinner. I mean, what the f***? <laughs> Hands under the legs. I'm, I'm going nowhere. Or, or, maybe, or maybe it'd be one day, like, give the fake reach, like the fake. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm reaching for it. And, right. No, 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 Bear, you're good. Chris, I promise you, okay, Kirk and Al Michaels both know you're not paying for dinner. Okay, <laughs> you're good, okay? <laughs> I would hope so. No. Uh, just a little college football here. Uh, by the way, how is everyone on the set? I love this show. It's, you know, college game day. It's the best. I once uh, luckily had an appearance on that show. I enjoyed it very much. Uh, but how is the show? How's Lee doing? How are the guys doing? And how is the addition of Pat McAfee been? Pat has been a, uh, a bolt of energy. For the show, and it's been really good for the show. I think, uh, especially being that Lee has had some health issues, he's really given the show uh, a little bit of unpredictability. And, and I think he's also brought in an audience that we maybe didn't have. He's got a loyal, like you guys have a loyal following. Pat has a loyal following yeah. similar to that. So like he's bringing in different viewers that we didn't necessarily have, and we're bringing in that that little bit of uh, excitement. So it's it's been great. He 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 likes to to partake in the uh, the, the gambling commu- uh, enthusiasm, uh, the enthusiasts as he calls them, like me. So he's been. I, I love dealing with that. And, and and Lee, I guess is doing is doing much better now. I uh, I guess he had a procedure. Well, I guess last week he was okay, but the problem was he he had a procedure and he kind of lost his voice and uh, that, that it, it caused him not able to talk very well. But I, from what I hear. Uh, he was expected back this week. I'm not in Montana right now. Obviously, I haven't heard, but the expectation is that Lee will be back this week, and uh, and he's doing much better from uh, from where he was. So, knock on wood, we'll, uh, we'll we'll see him Saturday, and he'll get to finish out the year, and everything will be okay. It's been a different kind of season because of that, because we're kind of getting a little a little peek as to what we're going to have to do moving forward. So, mm-hmm. uh, it's something that we never really want to talk about or think about, but uh, at some point, we're going to have to. Deal with it. Happens and, uh, to all of us, man. Yeah, yeah exactly. But yep. we but we we love him and we hope he's with us as long as possible. Yep, he is uh <laughs> he is fantastic. 
It did take a turn. But I am wondering here, uh, because you mentioned Ohio State and Michigan. You always have to check in on Coach, Billy. You know that. you got to check yeah. in on Lee Corso. You have to. I mean, he's beloved. Uh, he's, but the you one ir- he's the one irreplaceable part of college day. I'm replaceable. Kirk is replaceable. Pat's replaceable. Reese, we're all replaceable except for him. He's the, he's the gold standard. Uh, I would agree with that. Uh, you mentioned Michigan and Ohio State, and I'm wondering how you feel because – that game has major content. It's a de facto playoff game, Bear. And so when you expand the playoffs out to 12 teams, you're going to lose that. I love college football because I think the regular season mm-hmm. is perfection. Like you have playoff games all throughout the year. TCU will have two of them before the end of the regular season. And I love that aspect of it. Ohio State, Michigan won't have the same feel once we go to a 12-team playoff because even if you know one of those teams is going to lose, Maybe it's a close game. Maybe it's not. But both teams are certainly in the top 12 in the country. And so it takes a little juice off of that game. How do you feel about that? It, 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 it does. It, it should be hard to get in. That's what she said. Yeah. No, no, but um, hey. Hey. <laughs> no, it's funny because we, I talked about this. Uh, a couple of buddies of mine were going back and forth on like the baseball awards being out this week. And we're like, what, what a whimper to the end of the baseball season between the, the world series and the, like, and under that current playoff format, like with more teams getting in, like people just kind of lost interest, I think, because you, you had the best teams in the national league all get upset early. And I like for, I like the fact that that game is going to matter. Uh, I like the fact that USC, UCLA matters and I understand why they're ultimately going to go to 12 and expand, but I I don't think you're ultimately changing who is going to wind up winning. The, the, the top teams are that much better. Uh, look, Ohio State, Michigan will be dramatic next week because of uh, the, the stakes at hand. Uh, it will probably lose some of that. Will we get more teams in? Will we get more teams, to, uh, more fan bases excited to say, hey, we have a team in the playoff? But at the same time, like I looked up something this week, like the the 30 something games that the top three teams have played this year, like they've been an average of like a 27 point favorite. Like even the, the top three versus other ranked teams, right. they're still on average like a 14 or a 15 point favorite. So if, if you think expanding the playoff and getting like number, 11 versus number three is really mattering like you're really not it's still going to be a, a double digit spread and probably an uncompetitive game uh bear if both teams win out tennessee and usc so they both have one loss can you make mm-hmm. the argument for usc over tennessee i think the only argument you can make for usc is one that the committee uh values for some reason like if you say one usc pac 12 champion that matters to the committee, even though it doesn't matter to me. Tennessee's better than USC. Tennessee's got a win over Alabama, a win at four touchdown win at LSU. Mm-hmm. They play in the toughest league in the in, in the country, and their only losses to the defending national champion who hasn't lost a regular season game uh, in in a couple of years. But the committee's hung up on resume and the, the fact that you could say Pac-12 champion USC, that will matter to them. I would still, I think Tennessee's in. I think Tennessee wins their next two games that they're going to get. And like I said, they got those wins. They chose to play a power five team on the road at Pitt uh, in the non-conference. And, and you watch them play. I think they're one of the best four teams in, but obviously I don't make all the 
the rules and the decisions in the committee, depending on what happens with, with, with USC, depending on what happens with TCU, depending on how close the Ohio State-Michigan game is. There's certainly a lot of inter- interesting uh, twists and turns the rest of the way, but I think Tennessee's in. Are you buying into this bullshit? Because it's bullshit to me that Nick Saban's done, that Alabama's on, a, on no. some sort of downswing here. <laughs> think about what it took for them to lose two games right, exactly. in Tennessee. They commit, they commit 18, 18 penalties in, in, in the game. A kid tries to touch a punt that he thought hit someone feel the extra field goal sidewinding through then LSU with two point conversion after you, 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 you blow in overtime. Like that's what it took. They're, they're not done that you can say that the sec has closed the gap with them. Because if you look at the number of like one score games and the number of losses that they've had in like the last 15, 16, 17 sec games compared to everything else. Yeah. You can say that, but, but they're, they're, they're still, one of the best three or four teams in the country. They're getting in. They're getting in? Yeah, yeah, they're getting in. So you know what? TCU's going to lose twice. Tennessee's going to lose to Vandy. <laughs> LSU's going to lose to A&M. They uh, could all win out, and Billy still thinks they're getting in. I believe they're not in after they've handed the trophy over. Even once, <laughs> even once it started, I'm still going to believe they'll find a way in. Billy, you know what's funny is like I, I made a suggestion like last week, like that was going to be the first time since like 2013 that they were going to play a game that they weren't alive in the national championship race. And like I caught shit for it. People were like, "What do you mean they still got a chance?" I'm like, "Dude, you got two losses. You, how how can you win the national championship if you're not getting in the playoff?" But so so Bill, Billy's a Bama truther. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he is. <laughs> How embarrassed were you by the uh, University of Miami season? Uh, Bear graduated from UM, so. Uh, I was disappointed. Now, look, I didn't think they were a 10-win team. Like, I-, I think the biggest misconception, the biggest problem going into the year was I think people thought this roster was a lot better than what it was. Yeah, uh, they-, they lost offensive linemen they lost linebacking defensive guy they, they lost to a playmakers receiver like this is a total roster overhaul and, and i think people didn't realize that until it was already viewed as a disaster in year one but but at the same time being positive i would say this they got their ass kicked by duke they got their ass kicked by middle tennessee they got their ass kicked by florida state and they still have attracted a couple of top 10 national recruits to come in and help. But that is a great sign that, that even despite the program being as low uh, perception-wise as it is, that they're still getting some high-quality recruits to come in. And once Mario reshapes this roster, and, and who knows what's going to happen at the coaching staff with Gaddis, like I, I would expect a coaching change to be made there. That, that's the one worry that I have. It's that even at Oregon, Mario and the offensive court never seemed to really be on the same page. And people thought he held Herbert back. Like, that's the one thing that I worry about. But recruiting wise, I think he's going to, he's cleaning up. He's going to do great. And maybe it's going to take a little bit longer than than people hoped or wish. But I do think he is the guy to get this thing uh, turned around. Uh, Bear, just uh, dawned on me. Are you walking into Lambeau Field for the first time today? No, no. I've been there before. Okay. I bet we we did game day here. Uh, a few years ago, when we had LSU Wisconsin uh, with that, that opening week game, and it was it, it's an awesome place. It really like it, it's I, I've fortunate been fortunate to go to a lot of places. Uh, I, so, but uh, this is one where you kind you kind of feel the history. Like when when you walked into the Orange Bowl, kind of you felt 
Yeah. The history, when you walk into the Rose Bowl, you feel the history. Like you walk in there and you look around like, yeah, this is this is pretty friggin' cool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I have not been here for a Packers game, but I was here for the uh, the LSU-Wisconsin game, whatever year that was, I forget. When you walked out of the Orange Bowl, you were thankful that you made it through the day alive. Like the thing. <laughs> it, it, it didn't collapse. The, 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 pipe, the, pipe, the pipes didn't burst in the men's room when I was in there. Terrific. It was a dump, but it yes. was our dump. But it was our dump. <laughs> it's exactly your dump, was it? Listen, no. Here's the funny thing about UM. All the fans down here, none of them graduated from UM. That's been yes. a day, right? <laughs> it, it's so funny. Kirk, Kirk likes to joke with me all the time. He's like, every Miami fan looks like you from the Northeast. <laughs> didn't go there. Loud, obnoxious. Yeah. Smart ass. And I'm like, yeah. hey, what, what can I say? At least I actually did go there. Exactly right. You wanted some sunshine. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> go to Syracuse or go to Miami? Hmm. What, 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 what's the choice? <laughs> it is time for this week's edition of Stu Yagats here on God Bless Football, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Use code Stu for a special offer when you sign up. That's code Stu only at DraftKings Sportsbook. College football week 12, 3-1-1 and a week ago. 39-26-3 on the season. We start at Michigan. Michigan minus 18 taking on Illinois, the Fighting Illini. Pretty decent team. Not good enough to beat Michigan. Michigan, style points. Headed into Ohio State. They win. They cover the spread. Michigan by 24 points at home. TCU, minus two and a half at Baylor. Everyone, and I mean everyone, keeps doubting this team. They're undefeated. They're the fourth-ranked team in the country. They're only minus two and a half. I believe in TCU. I have from the beginning. TCU wins at Baylor. They cover the spread. TCU by 10 points. Liberty, minus 10 at home. Taking on Virginia Tech, the Hokies. Liberty, sneaky good. Virginia Tech, really bad. Liberty wins and covers. They win by 17 points at home. Minnesota, minus two and a half. Taking on Iowa. Can't stand Iowa. I take Minnesota here. Minnesota by seven points at home over the Hawkeyes. NC State plus four at Louisville. I'm taking NC State to win the game outright. How about that? They're getting four points. NC State by three points on the road. Big game. Rivalry game. USC minus two taking on UCLA. USC minus two. They win. They cover the spread. They win by eight points at home. And finally, LSU, minus 14 and a half. They're taking on UAB, University of Alabama, Birmingham. Buy it down a half point to minus 14, LSU at home. They win by 21 points. They cover the spread. We go to the NFL, week 11, 3-3 three three last week, 36-24-4 and four on the season. Bills coming off a big loss to the Vikings. Minus 8.5. They're taking on the Browns. Josh Allen bounces back. The Bills buy this down a half point, by the way, to minus 8. The Bills win by 13 points, and they cover the spread. Commanders, minus 3 at the Texans. Commanders, a hot football team. Taylor Heineke, the green lizard, getting it done. He's winning football games. That defense is really, really good. The Texans are not very good. I can't believe I'm doing this. The Commanders on the road, minus three. They win. They cover the spread. They win by 10 points. The Jets haven't beaten the Patriots in years. The Jets are plus three and a half. 
Buy it up a half. I believe it so much, I'm buying it up a half point to four. Jets plus four. I'm going to take the Jets here. They're going to win the game outright. The Jets win by three points. They cover the spread. Giants minus three at home against the Lions. The worst eight and two, whatever they are, team in the, in the history of the NFL. They keep winning football games. Lions, by the way, back in the mix. The Giants win at home. They cover the spread. The Giants by seven points. Vikings plus one and a half. Take it on the Cowboys. Something's going on there. I have no idea what it is, but something's going on. And it continues going on this week. They beat the Cowboys. They cover the spread. The Vikings win the game outright. They're getting a point and a half Vikings by four points at home Bengals minus four at Pittsburgh Bengals win they cover the spread they win by 10 points Saints minus three at home against the Rams no idea why I'm taking this game but I am the Saints they win they cover the spread they win by 10 at home and finally the Cardinals plus eight ticket on the 49ers 49ers win they win by three the Cardinals cover the spread though I'm taking the Cardinals plus eight those are the picks, everyone. Good luck. Chris Sims is with us for his weekly visit. BFT with Mike Florio every day on Peacock. The Unbuttoned Podcast, Football Night in America, Sunday Night Football this weekend. Uh, big game, Chiefs and Chargers, and at QB uh, on Twitter. Chris, I want to start with Odell Beckham Jr. Because I'm wondering, if you're Odell Beckham Jr. and you're sitting there and you're thinking, which team should I sign with? With the obvious goal, of course, being I want to win another Super Bowl. What team are you looking at right now? Like, how are you ranking? Let's do it one, two, three. If you're Odell Beckham Jr., what teams are you thinking about right now? You're hitting their right, Stugatz. You want teams that are in that Super Bowl window, good teams that can really show your talent. You want to go to a, a spot where you know they throw the ball a good amount. They're going to spread the love. I think you also want to go to a spot where – you're not going to be like relied on to be the go-to guy right away and have that pressure, right, of being like, hey, they're waiting for you to get healthy. They need you. They need you. They need you. You know, you'd like to go to a place like you did with the Rams last year where they can kind of slowly indoctrinate you into the offense a little there. So that's where the team that, that I would look at, uh, I mean, the kind of team I would look at. And, and really, I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs are certainly in that equation. You know they're going to throw the ball. It's spread the wealth right now more than ever, right? The Chiefs are playing really good football and certainly one of the teams that can win the Super Bowl. And like we're talking about, they don't need him right away. But I will argue they might have too much already to where you go, I don't know if I can find my role. So that's where then I go to Buffalo. Buffalo is the one that I look at that needs him more than anything. That would be the the one team. Dallas, it's arguable too because like, C.D. Lamb's a good receiver, but he's not like a game-breaker, that type of guy. Michael Gallup's not totally 100%. And, again, I think they're going to play through the run. Buffalo makes sense in the fact that, you know, one, Diggs is the guy. Gabe Davis, as you guys have heard me probably say before, he's good. I, he's right. a borderline number two. Up and down, and, Sims, yeah. Well, yeah, and, you know, you listen to Minnesota and Patrick Peterson and what they thought about him this week and some of that. I, I mean, I think that's – they were kind of trying to say the same thing I was saying to a degree. I really like the player, but he's not going to scare you. They need another element there. So that would probably be the team that I would rank as the number one team that I think needs him and the number one team that I look at to go, 
it makes sense for OBJ for a lot of reasons as well. What the hell happened to Josh Allen last week? Because you're like, listen, he's become one of those guys where 45 seconds, no problem. He's either going to tie the game or they're going to go out and win the game. He actually cost them the game with the fumble and the interception. What the hell happened there, man? Yeah, he's been too loose with the ball. You know, guys like this go through these little phases, right? We saw Mahomes go through it a little last year. This is what I call, like, I don't even know what I would call it. This is when you're a freak of nature and you can do anything almost all the time. He's lost the, like, wait, this is reckless and this is a calculated risk. And he's a little too much on the reckless side right now. It's a little too much just, hey, we saw Brett Favre used to do this. Usually it's the really talented guys that do this because, one, you know, they can do it. He's been doing it for the last two and a half years where you go, I don't know. I mean, this is unbelievable, the stuff he pulls off. But it's just gotten a little too out of hand. And, uh, yeah, he's got to dial it back. This, this, the fumble at the set, the, the one-yard line, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to put you in a – that is not easy. I, I just to say that because they're all diving at the ball and doing that. The center's nervous as hell. So he's trying to get off and get a little push and – so he maybe short arms it a little bit, and he's moving aggressively because somebody's jumping in at him. And it, it, some of the more nerve-wracking plays I ever had in my life were in little situations like that right there. I actually like that choice for Odell because they're on a little low right now. So he can come in, and if they start winning again, they make it to a Super Bowl, win the Super Bowl, Odell can start saying, hey, look, I go to the Rams, we win a Super Bowl. I go to the Bills, we win a Super Bowl. That's a good choice. And plus, you're still – listen, I know he's had the turnovers. He's been sloppy with the ball. He's still a top two or three quarterback in the NFL. No, no doubt about it. Again, that's the other problem with Josh Allen is it's just – that he's the team. He's the offense. There's Everything. no ever easy play for him or anything. It's like make the right read, get the protection right, throw a 25-yard missile. If none of that's there, then get out of the pocket and then throw a 25-yard <laughs> missile. And then, wait, if we can't do any of that, we'll call some design runs with you because you're our best running back. They have to find a way, like Kansas City has found a way here lately. More screens, Kadarius Tony, you know, McCall Hardman out in the edge more sweeps and reverses and things like that. And then a little semblance of a run game to where Mahomes has a handful of plays every drive where he doesn't have to think. He can just call the play and run it and do that. Josh Allen, they put a little too much on his plate at times that he usually delivers. And we take for granted the, the degree of difficulty of throws he makes at times because we're so used to seeing guys like him and Mahomes make it all the time. But I do think that element of a – OBJ and some reverses and some screens and they're not going to become a running team at this point of the year but they can become that type of element of a football team to again make it defenses defend the whole field and take a little pressure off of Allen. Chris Sims with us unbuttoned podcast uh, PFT with Mike Florio every day on Peacock and of course Sunday Night Football uh, doing the pregame Jason Garrett has stolen the halftime from him we're very upset about it I mean Garrett what is Garrett doing by the way I mean seriously uh, by <laughs> the way he's I am, doing a good job he's, he's really he's a natural at it so I'm, I'm, I, I can't say anything bad about him I'm teasing. are you tired of f- Bill Cowher crying about Jeff Saturday getting a coaching job with no experience give me a break get over it Bill Cowher got a broadcasting job as Christopher Mad Dog Russo said, with no experience. Like, get over it, Cower. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a little difference there. You know, as much as I like Mad Dog and everything, like, okay, this is, 
it, listen, it's a it's a crazy. I think it's it's you're allowed to say it's a crazy decision. It's an off the cusp hire. Did he go a little hard on it? You know, sure. You know, but I think in the NFL world, it is looked at as disrespectful to a degree because of like what we talked about. You guys know the military aspect of the NFL, right. and you got guys in that building who've been like, "Damn, I've been coaching my whole f- life," or I've I've been a head coach somewhere and kind of did pretty good, and now I'm a D coordinator and I'm great, and I'd like a chance here. Uh, so that's where it's weird. Let alone, you know, this guy wasn't even coaching anything; he was on ESPN. Um, but either way, I, you know, you could say what you want, but one of the things I broke down on my podcast yesterday is Jeff Saturday had an effect on that football game. It was apparent to me. Uh, and, and the biggest thing was the run game. It was the best game of the year by the offensive line. Yeah. And there was attitude. There was pissed offness by them. Mm-hmm. And the, the, this is what they did too is, they simplified it. You like that language there? Piss offness. I do but like that. Billy did. That's yes. why. You, that's yeah. why you got the sound from Billy right there. Just mm-hmm. so we're clear, okay? No doubt. No, you, Billy. <laughs> if you knew what sinisms were and you watched the show a little bit, you would know that I'm very good at all that stuff. I but listen all the time. He's got your f- jersey. Don't lie to what me. Do you want from don't. Kid, you right? can be my friend, but don't lie to me. How many people in America do you think have a Chris Sims jersey on display yep. right now, Chris? Uh huh. You're one of one. <laughs> don't question his loyalty to you i, mean, I know there's one I mean, that you do a I lot my damn jersey here and it's not even hanging up it's still <laughs> on the ground here not hung up so there's one that you do with the uh with the bengals a lot that it's it's not about the x's and o's it's about the something and joe's I'm trying to in the joe's right the right it's an old joes. football saying right oh look at bill yeah. yeah i like that all right bill all right yeah i'm kind of famous for combining words and things like you know they had the leader in the clubhouse right my dumb blonde new jersey ways when i get talking i used to used to say oh they're in the leader house and i was kind of like that kind of works we're gonna just stick with that so i say leader house what the do we need the clubhouse and all you know what i meant you got it right right you know we don't you know read between the lines and read the tea leaves we re- reread between the tea leaves that's what there i do go. it's a new I level like of like mm-hmm. scrutiny mm-hmm. right so but when i was reading between the tea leaves this week okay jeff saturday was awesome the run game he simplified it it's like they ran three plays he was like hey fuckers, we're gonna do these three you're not gonna mess it up you know how to block it I do think the fact that he was an ex-offensive lineman, it allowed him and gave him the grace to go in there and mother those guys and get them going a little bit, and they respected that. Short passing game, RPOs, and it's hard for me not to think Jeff Saturday didn't have an effect on all that. So, Chris, I, I think you know who I'm going to ask you about because we do this almost no. every day. <laughs> so, first, I want to I ask you if you're, if you're fully in or not. And next, I want to ask you more of a serious question, which is, while it was the Browns, the Browns did successfully contain Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill and kind of put two to the test to see, can you oh do this without gosh. them? And then everybody else was open. They contained those two to where they contained them so well that the rest of the fucking field was wide open. How does he do it? Woo! Man, so, it's amazing. So you're not in. Wait, everybody's on those two guys and nobody's else on anybody else. What do we do? We're running so for 10 yards every play and Gasicki's wide open and this guy's wide open. Oh my God. 
They would never be able to do it without Tua. So you're you're still not two in, you're two out. It's it's good, but yeah, again, like I told you, it just you know, it's it's it works right. But I'm not gonna sit I mean Jimmy Garoppolo went to the Super Bowl in the same offense with less talent. What else do I gotta say? Right. So exactly. Is Tua one of the ten quarterbacks you'd pick over Kirk Cousins? No, yeah, there's no. no way. No. What? But Justin Fields is. But Justin Fields is, Mikey A. <laughs> Justin Fields is. I would you know? I don't think I would go there. I don't think I would go. I don't think I would say 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 that. No. Okay. Who are the who you are know? the ten? Who are the ten? I don't know. I mean, damn, you're putting me on the spot here. No, no, I gotta let, 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 I'll help you talk it out, Sims, okay? You need to win a there game today, so we know you're right. going either Mahomes or Josh Allen, right? One, two. Mahomes, Allen, right. Herbert, Burrow, Lamar Jackson, just right off the bat. Boom. Okay. Right. Stafford. You still going, you, you still going Rodgers? Over Kirk Cousins? Yeah. We're talking that there, right? Damn. Hmm. Yes, but it's okay. it's actually close. It's it's closer than years past just because I have more faith that Kirk Cousins will throw to the guy down the field than Aaron Rodgers right now. So, you know, okay, I'll go Rodgers. I'm going to go Jaylen Brady. Yeah. I am going to go Jalen Hurts over him right Herbert? now. Yes, I am. You did Herbert to win? Herbert sucks. <laughs> but, but see, why, why, why would you say that? Why would you say that? It's just he you sound like win. a stupid fan when you say shit like that. His numbers don't. are the same. His numbers are the same numbers. Stop as looking at numbers. What does that mean? What does numbers mean? I mean, it just it, it's the numbers. Stop. Don't be a, just. A, oh, let me look at the number and now let me get him a blame. Like he's the only thing they got on their offense. What do you expect? They can't run. They suck at running. Their receivers are fucking hurt. Their defense isn't really all that special. They have an offense that is the Drew Brees offense, and they're wasting a guy that's got one of the greatest arms in the history of football. So, but yeah, Stafford, I'm taking him, right? Um, what else am I missing? So, man, it, it's Dak. close, though. It's Dak. I can't believe you said Dak. Austin I'm going to take Dak. Sucks. I am, but it's close there too. So, yeah, it's 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 not. He's maybe 11. You know, it, it's nitpicky. It's, it's nitpicky for we sure. We may be pressing on this too much, Sims, but just say it if you don't mind. T- like, say it again. Say Austin Eckler sucks if you don't mind. Yeah, ahead, just say, say it to Austin's no, face. No, Austin Eckler doesn't suck. I didn't um, say that. I said their running game sucks. Stop um, trying to f*** me over with your go- their friends on the show. <laughs> we were going to so clip that. I mean, <laughs> I know you'll clip it. <laughs> I've never seen three friends try to trap the fourth friend into uh, – corner more often than but you guys did the, the golic listen you and i were very calm we were doing our thing and then billy came in with two and you exploded i, I mean, just ask a question i just no, two again two has been really good and you know the lesson to be learned too is you know again when you draft this kind of quarterback right play to their strengths you know and that, that was definitely a part of the issue here too you draft that guy you know he's not a great down-the-field thrower and that stuff, so you better start getting an offensive coordinator to game plan that fits him, just like we were talking about with the Bears and Justin Fields. You know, Again, it's only, to me, the special guys that can do every offense. Right. That, that's where you know I, everybody else needs a little tailoring to. But like to me, yeah, again, some of the guys we named just a minute ago, you know, Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Herbert, Lamar Jackson mm-hmm. – no, there's there's no offense that they can't make work, and that's where to me they're a little bit on a different level than the the rest of the world.
Yeah, uh, Chris, I'm wondering, like, how this was quick with the Rams. Like, how did it fall apart so quickly? Well, they lost some of their depth and, like, second-level players to their stars, right? That's, that's, to me, the first thing I would say, where they were never a deep team, right? So they got a few injuries they're dealing with this year. And then, hey, they lost. Whitworth was – he was old, but he was still really good. Yeah. You know, they lost another one of their interior linemen in free agency. You know, I think they lost three altogether, if I remember this correctly. They lost Troy Reader at linebacker. They lose Seb- Sebastian Joseph Day at defensive tackle. Darius Williams, who was a really good corner opposite of Jalen Ramsey, he went to the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? There's no OBJ. Van Jefferson's been banged up a lot of the year. So that, but the biggest thing is just the offensive line fell apart. That's the biggest thing, Stugatz. They give them no chance to really do anything. They have no chance of running the ball. They're really the worst run-blocking offensive line in football, I think. And then pass-blocking, they're towards the bottom there, too. So the defense is still really good, but, you know, has a few teams. It's a small, fast defense. We've seen teams like the Bucks and the 49ers push them around a little bit. They're, so it's just not enough of uh, an offensive line that can help Stafford and company out. The Eagles were a little bit exposed in terms of defense running game last week, uh, stopping the run. They just signed Indomitian Sue. What are your thoughts on that? Ooh, that's that's a good one. Yeah. I don't know why he wasn't on the team already, but, you know, yeah. The the run defense, certainly a concern. What's concerning to me is that they've made this move in Limbell Joseph that scares me that maybe Jordan Davis is going to be out longer Correct. than we thought. Yeah, right? he's really good, Davis, too. He, yeah. he is. He, he is, you know, arguably their best run stopper. So that's hurt them. But, yeah, this will be good. Sue's still really good. There's no doubt about that. Honestly, guys, I'm going to tell you, I'm a little more concerned with their pass rush than I am their, their run game. You know, I mean, he, he, their run last week, it was good. It was great. It wasn't great. You guys saw it. It was basically three yards a carry. It wasn't anything that blew us away, but you know, it was enough to keep them in third and manageable. But to me, third down was the thing I, that bothered me more for the Eagles than anything. Heineke was back there baking cakes and, oh, wait, McLaurin will come open in a few minutes. Boom. I mean, that's what would scare me. You know, again, we know they're really good, but I can just tell you that pass rush. That ain't going to get it done against the Chiefs or the Bills in the Super Bowl. I can tell you that much. That'll yeah. be big trouble. Yeah. So they got to figure something out there, too. That scares me a little. Billy, we uh, we need to steal that one. Like a quarterback who's dropping back and has nothing but time, he's baking a cake. We got to steal that. That was yeah, good by Sam. I like that. Baking a cake. I like that. <laughs> um, Derek Carr, should he be ashamed of himself for crying at the podium? Oh, come on, man. I mean, gee, a big f- probably made fun of him all week i mean well I, I don't know yeah i mean again he's Derek carr i like Derek carr and it's people you know look at him sometimes and think he's dorky or nerdy or whatever and like okay he is he's kind of one of those guys that owns it i don't think he really cares nor do i think he's as dorky as everybody thinks right i mean Devonte adams and crew don't like him because he's a dork and they want to hang out with him all the time he's he's a little cooler and got a little more edge but, yeah, people, I think, look at that and think it's, like, you know, acting a little. I, I don't. I think this is a guy that's, like, so invested in all in that he does get emotionally invested like that. But, I, you know, yeah, that's not 
my style right. or a lot of guys' styles, but I guess he just felt the pressure of the moment and he's trying to stick up for his coach and all this stuff and it just it wore him out a little bit. When's the last time you cried? Oh, I'm a little bit of a crier. Yeah. Really? I I'm, I'm I am. I'm like um I don't cry at the podium in a football game, no. but I am like the guy that might cry during a sad part of the mo- the movie or like mm. as I'm or like maybe as we're like saying how grateful we are to have each other before Thanksgiving dinner and I'm saying yeah. something to my family and how lucky we are. I am that emotional guy. I'm I'm emotional like that. I'm probably the crier and also the psycho of my family that can just snap in a second and be like, you want to fight? Let's go. So Mm. I'm a little bit of both that way. Um, Perhaps next week when you tell us how grateful you are for us and our friendship, maybe. What do you think? Well, maybe. I don't know if it's that personal yet to get me that emotional. (laughs) But like Billy, Billy, when they announce the players before the Super Bowl every year, I cry every year. My kids always look at me because they know. Because I'm just so happy for those people. I wanted to be awesome. there. Yeah. So, but I'm also happy they're getting to live it and do it. And I just can't imagine. So I get emotional with stuff like that. I mean, Brady, every time you cry, every yeah. time. <laughs> I did, actually. I did. Even though I was like, damn, he's here again? <laughs> Does Big Have Phil turn around and ask you, like, what's wrong with you? Like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, no, well, yeah, he's not like that. He is totally <laughs> old school. Right. Have you ever seen your dad cry, ever? <laughs> Gosh, when his brother died, he, oh, like, he got emotional. Right. But – it's it's few and far between. Hey, it, it wasn't until I was like 19 years old until he probably said I love you, right? He just he's huh. Kentucky farm guy, right? And I probably had to say to I love you to him like a hundred times before he finally was like, I love you too. <laughs> and now he says it all the time, but that's yeah. just the way he grew up, and this is very old school. I hey, got it. hey, I love you, Chris. Yeah, I love I you love too, you. Billy. Yeah, you I go. love you, Chris. I love you, man. <laughs> I love you too, Stu. Uh, I love Mikey. you, Chris. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mikey A. Nah. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> like it's you. okay. I get it. I like you a lot. <laughs> Wait, if Big is standing next to you before a Super Bowl and you start weeping at introductions, is he going to just unleash on you? <laughs> probably not. I think he knows I'm kind of that guy at this okay. point. You know, he'd probably make like a, a joke, be like, damn, Christopher, you, you all right over there? You going to make it? You know, that's kind of what my dad would say to me if he saw you. You can give me all right. Uh, if you're the Giants, where are you with uh, with Daniel Jones in terms of contract, how much money you're going to give him? Because it seems like Dable's fixed him. I can't believe I'm saying it, but yeah. Dable's eliminated the turnovers. It's what he does. Definitely. Yeah. Eliminated the turnovers, got him confident, playing clutch. Yeah. I mean, throwing off his back foot on third downs and winning games and crap like that. I mean, I, so – yeah, I, this is it's an interesting conversation. And again, you know, I don't think if you're the Giants, you just have this year and you go, all right, blank check, right? We want him for eight years. He's the guy. No, I think there's still some more evaluating to do, or at least you want to cover your, you know, CYA, cover your ass a little bit as far as to make sure there just wasn't some one-year wonder. I, I would look at it like this. And, and this is the other thing they have in their favor. Daniel Jones is a pretty realistic human being. He knows the situation. I think he likes playing for the New York Giants. The New York Giants love Daniel Jones. They do. They, across the board, the coaches, the owners, everybody. And they should. 
three-year deal, $28, $30 million a year, right? Really with maybe like $55 million, $60 million guaranteed to where it's really a two-year deal when all said and done if they want to get out of it. That to me would probably be the formula I would be looking at or flirting with if I'm the Giants. And I don't think Daniel Jones is going to be able to expect too much more out there on the free agent market. And it's always hard to find a place that believes in you and sees the potential in you. And the Giants see that. So that to me would be about the sweet spot. Chris, stay with that coach, man. Stay with that coach. That's it. That's right. Take the grass and stay with that coach. Right. And he's got a guy that loves him. I think he legitimately like loves him, Brian Dayball. He sees the talent. I think he knows he can win with this guy. He's better than people realize. And I think he knows that, hey, they got to put more weapons around him and people will see more and more of what this guy can do. All right, PFT with Mike Florio. Every day it's on Peacock, the Unbuttoned Podcast as well. Episode 421. He got past 420. He's up to 421 now. Uh, At Football Night in America, uh, at QB on Twitter. He's the best. Chris, we love you. I love you guys, too. Just I, I like Mikey A a lot. I don't love him. You know, When he starts to give Zach Wilson some respect, then I'll start loving him. He's in the friend zone for now. You're just in wow. the friend zone. <laughs> All right, Sims, get out of here. We'll talk to you next week, man. All right, guys. See you later. Be good. Right. Have a see good weekend. What's up, Chris? Oh, what is going on, man? Doubled up. You doubled up on the – you got a shirt and a jacket on today. Yeah, is it cold over there? Freezing, man. You know, I got to go speaking a little bit to some college kids. Oh, you were speaking to college kids. I got to let them know how to party and slip and slide through their house. <laughs> Part of my Mojo is still missing. Mojo is still on his honeymoon. Yeah, he is probably so not Jack now. All right, let's get to this week's games here. Last week, Gojo as Mojo, one in four. That's a bad week for Mojo, but a good week for everyone else involved in this show. Uh, Chris went two and three. He's not here. He was here. He's no longer here. He's dealing with a phone call. He texted us the picks. Uh, Jabba was 5-0. and uh, Carl Douglas, who uh, puts a lot of time and research into all this, went 1-4. and four. Uh, K-Funk, 3-2. and two. Antonio Tarver, who is not back this week, but might be back in a couple of weeks, he uh, he is 3-2 and two as well. For the season, Antonio Tarver, 3-2. and two. K-Funk, 26-22. and 22. How about that? Uh, Kosey Coleman, 3-3. Three and three. Troy, <laughs> he was an attorney, 2-2. Two and two. Gordy, 2-2. Two and two. Jabba, 22-28. and 28. Big comeback for Jabba. Uh, Chris Gronkowski, 20-28. John O'Hurley was 2-3. and three. Mojo, 19-29. And uh, Carl Douglas, 11-18. Yeah. All right, let's get to this week's games here. Uh, Jets at Patriots. Everyone in the AFC East is good. Patriots are minus three. Uh, K-Funk, we will start with you. Patriots, minus three, taking on the New York Jets. Uh, I mean... I'm going to take your boys, Stu Guts. All right. All take right. the Jets. Who does Chris Gronkowski have for this? Chris has the Patriots and Carl has the Patriots. Do we have Mojo's picks? No, we don't know where Mojo is. Mikey A, you ready to make Mojo's picks? Oh, boy. I don't know if my boys can handle it. Let's go. Uh, someone's got to do it. All right, Mojo. <laughs> let's go to Mojo. Jets at Patriots. <laughs> Patriots are minus three. Go ahead, Mojo. When it comes to the Patriots, they don't go to my friends over at Super Jewelers for all their Super Bowl rings. So me personally, I'm going with the Jets with the points. Okay, that's Mojo's official pick right there. Uh, let's go to uh, Jabba's coin. Jabba, heads is Jets, tails is Patriots. Flip it. Tails. 
All right, you have the Patriots. Uh, that coin again was five and zero last week. Raiders at Bears. Bears. Uh, Raiders at Browns. Excuse me. Broncos uh, or at Broncos. <laughs> I'm getting old. I can't. F- read. Jesus, figure it out. Uh, there's only three teams that start with a B. I think. <laughs> The Bills, Raiders at who? At the Broncos. Broncos minus two and a half. Uh, who is Carl Douglas taking, Bill? Carl and Chris both have the Broncos. Okay, let's go to uh, Mojo. Mojo, go ahead. How do we get Carl Douglas's pick sent in now? Everybody's just going to send in there. Everyone's mailing it <laughs> Literally in. Literally mailing this is it in. bullshit, yeah. man. I'm pissed. That's what happens when you don't pay people. I haven't paid any of them. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, well. <laughs> Did you watch that game? I'll take anybody except the Raiders. Okay, good. All right, K-Funk, go ahead. Raiders at Broncos. Broncos minus two and a half. Um, I'm going to take the Raiders here. Okay. Uh, Java, heads Raiders, tails uh, the team that starts with a B. Broncos. Heads. All right, you have the Raiders. All right. Let's go Cowboys at Vikings. Maybe the game of the weekend. Vikings plus one. No one thinks they're good. No one respects them. They're eight and one. They just beat Buffalo in Buffalo. And yet the Cowboys are the favorite on the road here. Let's go to K-Funk first. K-Funk, go ahead. Cowboys at Vikings. Vikings plus one. Yeah, this line doesn't make much sense at all. So I'm going to go with Vegas on this one. I'll take the Cowboys. All right, taking the Cowboys. Let's go to Mojo. Mojo, go ahead. Cowboys at Vikings. Vikings plus one. The Cowboys are the Crestons of the NFL. They're all talk, and they don't deliver any big guests, any big wins. Give me the Vikings at home with the points. Okay. Uh, who does Carl Douglas and Chris Gronkowski have? Chris has the Cowboys. Carl has the Vikings. Okay. Jabba, heads Cowboys, tails Vikings. Do you think that's the softest 8-1 and one in the history of you talking football? Actually, the people who do this for a living and research this say they're the second worst eight and one team of all time. <laughs> like it's crazy. It's crazy. You literally have talked football for about half your life, so you should have an idea. I mean, I think they're really good. I think Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback. I think Dalvin Cook is a top five running back. Jefferson's the best receiver in the league, and their defense is underrated. So I think they're good. I mean, I would take the Vikings here, but it's not my pick. It's your guys' picks, you know. Heads, Cowboys, tails, Vikings. Tails. All right. You got the Vikings. Uh, We go to the Chiefs and Chargers. Chargers plus six and a half at home. Everyone's hurt. Uh, But they're still playing pretty good football. Let's go to Mojo here. Chiefs, Chargers, Chargers plus six and a half at home. I want to tell you about my friends at Super Jewelers. You go over to them. The best online jewelry store you could possibly have. Putting code MOJO for 100% off all of your no. all of your jewelry needs. Not true. Give me the Chiefs with the points. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm going to do? I'm gonna find, I'm going to find the new Dean, a new Chris. I'm going to keep K-Funk, keep Jabba. A new Dean and a, a new, new Chris. Dean. Yes. Well, I mean, that's Mojo's real name. I, and, please. And, <laughs> well, I can't find the new Mojo, so it has to be a Dean, right? Um, and I'm going to replace them, and they're going to have to fight and beg to get their way back into this thing. Okay, I, think, I don't think they're going to. I don't think they you. give a shit at all. Get it's a bad Dean idea. Dean Kane to come on. Yeah, I, I'm going to get name another Dean. Go ahead. Yes, Dean Kane. Jimmy Dean. K Funk. You know Dean Kane. Yes. No, I don't know him, but yeah, I know who he is. I'm sure we can get him on. Where's our witch at? We haven't asked. We could get her back, but you know, the last time Drew was supposed to be on, he didn't come on because of the witch, so we didn't ask the witch. Is her name back. Dean? No. I feel like she gave I feel like she gave me good juju. 
Ooh, you know who you should get? She cursed the entire segment. You should get Dean Malenko just to upset Mojo. It's another wrestler named Dean. Done. Let's do that. Let's do that. Dean Malenko. Are you guys, listen, are you guys in with me on this? You like his nickname, a man of a thousand holds. Oh, my God. Are you guys in with this? We're going to replace Mojo with a man of a thousand holds. Anybody so I can stop yelling. And then, and, and a new Chris and the uh, Chris Cody, and then we'll uh, they'll have to fight to get back in, okay? Because this is bullshit. I mean, they. I agree. Yeah, thank you, Gabe. <laughs> they ruined the segment. I mean, they also made it by coming on for many, many weeks for free. <laughs> Where were we? Chiefs at Chargers. Chargers plus six and a half. Mo already made his pick. K Funk, go ahead. I'm going to take the Chargers here. Carl and Chris both have thank the Chiefs. You. All right, let's go to the coin here. Heads is Chiefs. Uh, tails is Chargers. Java. Tails. Tails. All right, you have the Chargers. Uh, final game, 49ers at Cardinals. Cardinals are plus eight. Uh, take it on the 49ers. Who does Carl Douglas and Chris have for this, Phil? Carl has the 49ers, and Chris has the Cardinals. Okay, let's go to uh, K-Funk. K-Funk, 49ers at Cardinals. Uh, Cardinals plus eight at home. Do we, do we know what's up with Murray? Because last week I didn't even know Murray was going to be out, and we kind of got screwed on that pick. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I don't know. I have no idea. If, if I would have known that Johnson guy was starting last week, I definitely would not have picked Cardinals. I would assume since Colt they're getting McCoy? eight points at home that Johnson's probably no, starting again. That was the other guy. I would have taken Colt McCoy over that. I what's the other guy's name? I never even heard of it. It doesn't Walford? I would assume, K that since they're getting Walford, eight points yeah. at home, that guy is starting again. If it was Kyler yeah. Murray, they, they wouldn't be getting Where'd eight. Get okay. Um I'll take uh I'll go with the Niners. You're taking the 49ers? Who is Johnson? No, Wofford. I'm sorry. I, not Johnson. Wofford. Who's that? Where did he play? Fred school, high school, college, I mean, whatever. I know his name, so if anyone here knows where he went to school, I'd be shocked. The Cardinals won. Colt McCoy started Colt for the McCoy Cardinals. Played. What are you even talking about? So, but they didn't cover, though, did they? They were they were underdogs, I think. Yeah. They won by 10. They weren't 10-point favorites, and Colt McCoy played the whole game. He was 26 of 37, 238 yards. K-Funk, you just turned this into... Were you watching another game? No, I went. I don't know. It was the worst segment in God Bless Football history. It just turned into the best because of you. <laughs> and who's Johnson? You questioned the coaching decision that didn't happen. I watched no, too much. I was like, who the f is he talking about? <laughs> He's talking about the Rams. Johnson. Oh, that, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I was talking about the Rams game. That f***ing guy. That f***ing guy. He played Colt McCoy with the Cardinals. It this game is the Cardinals. His name is Wofford. Yeah. Well, that's quarterback for the other team. I was confused. I didn't know. I meant I, meant I wouldn't have picked the Rams. Yeah, you're right. I f***ing want him. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's well, on me. Cardinals won by 10. Whatever. He went to Wake Forest for anyone wondering. The Deeks. Wait, so now that you know there is no Johnson, okay, and Kyler Murray is starting, do you want to also, revise your pick? Maybe. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the f Arizona. I'm right, I'll take Arizona. You're very mad at us. Yeah, I mean, well, what happens, though, is if he doesn't start, then he's going to tell us he would have taken them. All right, well, we'll have to get attorneys back here, okay? Uh, Mikey, yeah, did you make your pick? I did. I'm not even going to do it. Just give me the Cardinals. <laughs> he made it. He's giving up. He made it. Yeah. He tapped out. Holy shit. What game are we picking? Oh, God. All right. 49ers heads. Uh, tails is Cardinals. 
Pets. Congratulations. You got you didn't get Johnson. <laughs> okay, so in the uh in the Chargers Cardinals game, K Funk somehow picked the Rams. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.